This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Andrew Bryan. We're back after a week of rep round. I'm joined in the studio this week by our fantasy experts, Chris Kennedy and Dom Brock. You can follow them on Twitter at ckennedy80 at dom underscore brock. Boys, a lot to talk about. Uh, Chris, you're back from Mudgee and Canberra. How was the rep round? Um, yeah, it was good. I did a lot of driving. I drove down to Canberra on Friday, back on Saturday, drove to Mudgee on Sunday and then back on Monday and saw a lot of uh, rep footy in between. Um, Friday was really good. Obviously a good day for the uh, kangaroos, not so good for the Kiwis on several fronts. Um, Mudgee, I, I really enjoyed beautiful little town. First time I've stayed there and uh, to be at the last ever city country was a, a huge privilege. It's such a picturesque little ground. Some good footy was played as well. So yeah, it was a good weekend. And Dom, a week off fantasy. What did you do with yourself? Yeah, good week to uh, recharge and kick back and watch, watch some uh, internationals and, and city country. And now, uh, yeah, we're all raring to go for another round of, of NRL. All right, let's get straight into the show. The latest in league. Uh, team news first. And Thursday night, we've got the Bulldogs against the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, Josh Reynolds out with a hamstring. Uh, he's out for about five weeks. So finally, Matt Frawley is named in a starting side. I guess the strange one, he's named at 5'8 and not at halfback. Yeah, I don't know if it makes a whole lot of difference. I think we can all tell that uh, Frawley's going to be sort of the, the controlling halfback style, taking a lot of the kicks, and um, Moses Embi is going to probably revert to more of a, a running 5-8 throw, which probably suits him a little bit better, uh, to be perfectly honest. Um, Matt Frawley, I don't know if I'd quite be rushing in to buy him. He's obviously the the big you know talking point out of all of that. His last few scores, what's he been getting sort of 10-ish in 60-odd minutes? Yeah, two 10s and then a 23, I think, yeah. last, last game. So he's only 201000 So he's still at that lower price for, and we'll talk about some other low-price halves later, but he's still an option if you're looking for a cheap half. And he did have a few good games to start with some decent scores as well, but he hasn't yeah. set the world a lot. Yeah, he, he does look He looks a good price for a half who's going to do a lot of kicking, you, would, you know, theoretically. Mm. But since that 45 in his first game and then a 39, including a try in his second game, he hasn't really set the world alight fantasy-wise. So a tricky one. You know, great news for those who have him already. Um, but for everyone else, I don't know. It's yeah. not really one to rush into. Well, if you've already bought him, the fact that his minutes are going to go up is obviously a good thing. Um, I'd just be a little bit concerned about rushing him in given the lack of base stats in those last sort of three-ish games, really. Just having a look now, and there's only been... A handful of tackles, and even the the kick meters haven't been, you know, two hundred one thirty three, and then only fifty four last week, despite playing just over forty minutes. So yeah, wait and see. You can wait, much. wait and see, there goes. Yep. All right, and the other news, I guess, was Adam Elliott was named on the bench, but uh, last time they played, he was a late inclusion and scored a sixty five with some with a couple of tries as well. Yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, a few are looking at him this week, you know, if he was named to start, um, based on that last round score, which was great. Um, he's still pretty cheap. Have you got his price there? Around yeah, 238000 averaging about twenty-seven. But if he starts, that goes up. And if he's on the bench, you can probably expect a sure. similar so, score. So, again, it's, it's a, good, um, a good thing they're playing the first game of the round. You get to see mm. whether he's a late inclusion in the starting side again. You'd be pretty surprised four days after City Country to be back in the starting side. I mean, Des has obviously given him the the exemption from pulling all of his teams out of city country to, to go and play, which is great. But to then flip him back into the starting team after that, you, you wouldn't think that's going to happen. He does, he runs those really nice lines that's going to keep getting a few tries on the edge, but his base stats in that 65, given that there were, I think, two line breaks and two tries, two tries weren't yeah. all that impressive for an 80-minute outing either. And the big news for the Cowboys, obviously Jonathan Thurston, he'd already been missing a few weeks, comes back, 
plays the test. No one really notices, but he goes down with the shoulder. He's out for anywhere between three and six weeks. The Cowboys being really cagey on his injury. Uh, as a New South Wales fan, I think it'll be about two weeks and he'll come yeah. back right in for Origin 1. Uh, so what do we, we think there? Obviously, Lachlan Coote has been named. Jake Granville has been named. Uh, the word from up north is that Granville still has a fitness test to get past, despite being named before he's actually cemented in that team. Yeah, well, it'd be a huge shame if he didn't play Origin, even as a, a New South Wales fan myself, because he's played 36 in a row, which is easily the record, and you'd love to see he's you know, just a, one of the greats of the game. You want him to be in the big spectacle. Um, little bit dirty because I was one of the journos that spoke to him after the game and waited for him to come out of the sheds, and he looked fine. He talked about how good his calf was, and it came through unscathed, and he wouldn't play if it wasn't 100%. Completely no-sold the shoulder. None <laughs> you of didn't ask him idea. about the shoulder, though. No, well, I didn't realise I needed to. Um, then obviously got home from camera the next morning and uses all over Twitter. But for our fantasy purposes, um, yeah, he's Ben Hampton doesn't look like he's going to come through with the goods for those who, who rushed onto him with, um, with Ray Thompson back and, and Michael Morgan. Um, so their, their halves sort of jigsaw puzzle doesn't really help us, I don't think too much, but obviously um, Callum Ponga not playing is probably the big yeah, fantasy I think news. it's bad news around for fantasy-wise for people who have Cowboys in their team. Callum Ponga looks like missing out with Lachlan Coote back. Um, Hampton, as you said. Uh, Cohen Hess is on the bench as well. Um, yeah, so not a lot of value in that Cowboys team anymore. It's a surprise that Ponga can't find a spot in that 17, especially with Thurston mm. out. I mean, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't have him, but if you've got him, he's made 226,000, averaging 49. He's been killing it for them. You would have thought that there might he's have been... He's a tackle break machine, but Lachlan Coote's still a better fullback, I think, and as a player. You know? He's also just a fullback. He's not yeah. a winger, he's not a centre, he's not a utility that can play dummy half. He's too small to defend in the middle. He's probably too small to be a really effective kick-returning winger. It's his speed and evasiveness and ball-playing skills that makes him such a good fullback in the mould of, you know, your Bevan Frenches or going back to, you know, your Billy Slater-type players. I think you want one of those big tackle-busting bodies on the wing, um, which they've got plenty of, and obviously Geller Mosby's the, the young up-and-comer if they lose your Wintersteins and Felts and that sort of thing. So do I think he's fullback or bust. Yeah. Do, if, if you have him in your team, do you hold him on the off chance that... Lachlan Coote gets injured again it's yeah. a couple of times this year and or round 15 when the Cowboys lose their origin players. I think you can sell him because he's made so much money and it's, at this point you could probably use the cash elsewhere and he's made most of it. He's not going to make much more. Sure. Like you say, he's probably going to play round 15 at a minimum and that's without any more injuries. Um, if you need him as a scorer in the short term, I think he's definitely a sell. If you can afford to sit on him for one or two more price rises or hope for an injury, then maybe try and hold him. After the round from hell last week, if you can afford to keep him, there might be other positions that you need to fix up first. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll look at that, but going straight into Dragon Sharks, the, the derby, they're playing again already this year, the second time. Josh Dugan obviously was playing well, scored a try for the Kangaroos, uh, 407,000, but fractured cheekbone. Uh, so he's not going to be back until about round 13. So what do, what do people do with Josh Dugan first before we talk about Nightingale switching to fullback, Tane Milne and Jai Field? Uh, lots of people have Jai Field. Uh, he's been named off the interchange bench. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to be Russell Packer rocking up to Dragons training and having to front Paul McGregor after having knocked out the star <laughs> fullback for the second time this season. Um, I think fantasy coaches probably were hoping that Kurt Mann might get a run at fullback with, with Jay Field to come into the halves, but that was probably unlikely to ever happen. Um, Field has jagged himself jersey number 17, so those of us who started with him in round one for his 
two minutes off the bench and have been sitting on him since. He'll be hoping for a few more minutes come this weekend. But otherwise, there's not a whole lot of opportunity. Jason Nightingale is, you know, as a solid fantasy wing. I don't think he's a buy. Um, Tane Milne's a good little tackle buster, but again, too expensive to be worth rushing in for a short period of time. Yeah, and if you do have Dugan in your team, I think he's a sell considering he'll come yeah. straight back into origin when he gets back from injury. And uh, for the Sharks, obviously, not much news other than Luke Lewis coming back into the team, but he's lost 82,000, averaging only 31, super player, but not scoring the points in fantasy. But Tony Williams, after coming back and playing well for them, got injured in the uh, Tonga game and is out for the season. Yeah, bad news for him. Not really fantasy relevant. I don't know if anyone would pick he, him up. He was but... fantasy relevant about oh, four years, years ago. Four years ago, he was a superstar. But since then... The year that we brought Tackle Bus in at three points a game, <laughs> he started the year with 80-something points in round one or whatever it was. But, yeah, not these days. I think Paul Gallon's probably the interesting one from the Sharks, assuming that he doesn't play Origin, which I don't think he will unless, you know, Boyd Cordner joins Aaron Woods on the sidelines between now and, and game one. Um, he's been super consistent and, and touch wood sort of injury-free so far. Fafita, I think, will play Origin, so he's probably less so, and, and Jaden Braley probably ideally still a hold for now. Alright, West Tigers take on the Rabbitohs, and a major blow with uh, one of the fantasy favourites of the year, Jamal Idris, was starting to look good, uh, ruled out for the season with an ACL. Now, he was at the Indigenous Round mm. launch, and everyone that interviewed him, he was talking up playing, he's saying that his hamstring was fine and it was good, but no one thought to talk about his knee, which apparently he'd injured two days prior to the launch, and he's, he's out. He's Only in rugby league, right? He's individual, Jamal Idris. He's a unique <laughs> individual. Yeah, I wasn't at that launch, but I saw some of the footage, and he was all smiles and can't wait yeah. to play, and apparently he'd already been rubbed out for the season. So that's something a little bit left field for Jamal there. But for our, for our purposes, yeah, he's obviously a sell now, which is disappointing. Like you said, he just started hitting his straps, breaking a few tackles, playing 80 minutes, had plenty more price rises to come, so I guess we've got to flick him now. Yeah, it's a real headache because... He, he had more money to make if he stuck around. Um, and he's one of those potential 40-point scorers. And the centres this year, like most years, is, is a real um, headache mm. again. Just finding reliable scorers. We've talked about in recent weeks, um, players being up and down. So, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tr- really tricky one for, for those who have to sell him. And Aaron Woods is obviously out for a few more weeks with that groin injury. Uh, hasn't been playing that well fantasy-wise, uh, averaging under 40. He's lost 50K. Um, and when he does come back, he'll be in that origin frame as well. As obviously, he's in the origin commercials. He's in the wig commercials, uh, <laughs> which are outstanding. But um, obviously, if you've got Woods... Yeah, definite sell. Definite sell. Yeah. So the Rabbitohs, Robert Jennings, uh, has been replaced in the outside backs by Braden Burns, um, who's a possible cash cow. But the talk coming out of the Rabbitohs is that uh, rookie Tyrell Fuamanu, I hope I've said that right, uh, will actually get the nod. Has anyone got any word on Tyrell? Um, obviously, he'll come in at a bargain basement, 138000 Yeah, so the Rabbitohs got him from the Eels, who got him from Patrician Brothers Blacktown. He was an absolute young gun in the under-20s, played rep footy, um, underage origins and and schoolboys and that sort of thing. Bit of your all-rounder, centre, back rower, mobile kind of guy. Um, can't really see the Rabbitohs using him for big minutes in the short term. He hasn't even been named in the 17 at this point. He's been named in the reserves, although he potentially could come in on the bench. Don't think we'll see him in the centres, just given all the options they've got there. They've dropped Jennings to get Burns back in with uh, Hunt and Talakai already there. Um, I guess they could drop Talakai and, and bring... Tyrell in, but I think he's probably more likely to ease in off the bench. So I think he's he's probably a cash out, 
but not necessarily a cash cow, although if he does nail his spot, he could be useful for the buyers. He is dual position as well in fantasy, yep. uh, second rower and centre, which is handy. Um, yeah, there could be a, a few changes with the Rabbitohs team. They've got Aaron Gray in the reserves as well. He could, could come back. Um, there's a bit of talk. Cody Walker could shift to fullback and run something to the half, so who mm. knows? Um, again, they play... Uh, what day will they play? Friday night? Yeah, so it's pretty early in the round, so we can wait and see a bit before snapping up any of those players. I think uh, just on Jennings, he's a few people that had brought him in were hoping he might get them through the buys, but with uh, having been dropped this week and with Aaron Gray still to come back in, I think he's probably a sell. I can't see him getting back into first grade without a few more injuries anytime soon. All right, Panthers feed the Warriors, and this would be a pretty hard game to tip. You'd think the Warriors will start favourites in this one. Uh, James Fisher-Harris is back, uh, 237,000. He's lost 57, only averaging 20. Uh, of course, that means that Corey Harawira Naira is back on the bench. Yeah, two teams that I vowed not to tip again this year. I'm going to have to tip one of them. <laughs> I haven't decided who that's going to be yet. Um, bad news about Harawira Naira, but he's probably already played more games and made more money than we thought when we all rushed him in after his uh, his impressive debut. So um, still got more money to make, so as long as he gets on the field, he'll make some more cash, which is nice, but probably not one for your, your starting 17s. Um, not really seeing a lot else of appeal in the Penrith side at the moment. Yep, I think, I think that's it. I mean, Corey's, what, he's made $215,000 already. His yep. break-even is only 13. So even if he plays off the bench, he's not going to lose your money this week. And um, he could easily come back into the starting side at any point and has proved yeah. that he's a decent option there in a Panthers team that's been struggling. Yeah, he's a hold for at least one week, maybe two weeks, depending on how he goes this weekend. So, yeah, no need to panic yet. I was going to get through Penrith without talking about Trent Merrin, but bugger it, I'll do it anyway. <laughs> um, obviously relieved to see him get a really, really good score. Last club game against Brisbane, scored a try, and, and that was a big relief. But back to his old ways against uh, the Kiwis on Friday night, missing a lot of tackles. I think seven missed tackles he had for the night and didn't look all that busy in the minutes on field. So I'm not as confident as I was a week Which before. is a bit surprising because we thought after that performance against mm. Brisbane, obviously the try helped where he bumped yeah. off about four tackles on his way to the line. You think being around that rep team and around those players, Marin would be the kind of player to lift. Yeah. But maybe he, with all those quality players around him, he didn't need to lift as much. I, I don't know. Obviously, Australia maybe. were pretty dominant as well. But as you say, it was a bit disappointing. Mm. Well, we saw Tamo go into city country and be told to be the leader because he had so many young players around him. So him and Gallen just absolutely played out of their skins and, and he really, really lifted and probably you would think would take that form back to Penrith leading into Origin. But Merrin, not so much. I'm just hoping that coming out of that environment, he's going to continue more his Brisbane form than, than his other form. And the only news coming out of the Warriors, obviously Solomon Okada is back uh, from that hamstring injury, which means uh, rookie chance Nicol Klockstad uh, drops out of the 17. Now, I watched him pretty closely for Cook Islands, and he was one of the best players on the field. It's only he played one game against the Roosters, was really good in, in that golden in that game that finished like with the the close finish, and then against Cook Island for Cook Islands, he was outstanding. Obviously one to watch for fantasy obviously he only scored about 20 against the roosters so it's just a wait and see but as a footballer he looks yeah, really impressive yeah. yeah good play and can break tackles as well um you know pity if you bought him uh before last round but for that reason he could come back anytime yeah. this year well, if you bought him already you were probably doing so in the knowledge that he was a very short-term option in the first grade team barring further injuries um did almost score a try so potentially has some bigger scores to come if he does uh jag a first grade spot uh down the track 
Now, some big news, obviously, out of this next game. The Storm v. the Titans. Uh, let's talk about the positive first. Uh, Tohu Harris, finally back. He's yep. on the bench, which means Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich are starting. So they survive for now and look like decent options until Tohu Harris comes into that starting side. Yeah, I think Kenny Bromwich was a bit of a, a dud mid-range cash cow at the start of the year. I've now sold him and I'm pretty happy that I have. Felice Kalfusi's made a lot more money. He's been really good and putting out potential keeper scores. Uh, the big question for him was going to be what does happen when Tohu Harris comes back, which we won't find out this week with Harris on the bench, but we probably get a better idea next week. What I am interested to see is when Harris comes on, does he bump Kenny Bromwich out and take over that side or does he go over to Kafusi's side and give him a, a first you know, sub-80 game of the year? Um, so that's sort of one to keep an eye out for. Yeah, my, my guess is Kafusi probably stays on and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Harris is a late inclusion in the starting team yeah. this week anyway. He's already played, I think, at least one game in the lower grades back from injury. So, yeah, we'll wait and see. I mean, Felice has made 250000 and averaging just a tick under fifty. he He's been outstanding. I can't see him losing that battle. He's been too good yep. for them. Yep. Uh, obviously, the big news for Melbourne, though, Tim Glaspie starting because of Jesse Bromwich in the Australia-New Zealand. Everyone knows what happened there. Uh, so that's big news for, for the Storm. Yeah, it's been a bit of a season mm. to forget, at least fantasy-wise, and now I feel for Jesse Bromwich. Um, yeah, I, I think felt- so. I don't, I don't know yeah. what he's... If he's had decent scores at all this season? Uh, no, he's averaging just 29. He's lost 157,000. I started with him in round one, punted him after that first injury, and he hasn't really done much he's... on the field. Obviously, I was talking to our Melbourne correspondent, or uh, Martin Gabor anyway, and uh, he said that he talked to Jesse after the game and said that he's struggling with his offloads and things like that because of the, the hand injury, but he just hasn't been getting through the work, and now that he's going to be missing for another two weeks, um, if you've got him, I think it's time to sell. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's actually been overtaken by Kenny Bromwich as a fantasy scorer this year, which is pretty stunning. Wow. So, um, yeah. yeah, I sold him also after round one, and I was a bit worried. I was breaking my don't sell keepers rule, but I'm, yeah, I'm very happy that I got rid of him, and I think if you still got him, it's probably time to say goodbye. And obviously for the Titans, can't go past it. Kevin Proctor, uh, he's been stood down by the Titans. He's lost 108,000 as well. Uh, Joe Greenwood comes into the starting side, uh, 292,000, but probably not a buy. Yeah, people have been talking about Ryan Simpkins, who has had a couple of good scores in between some sort of average ones. Uh, I don't think all that guaranteed a starting spot, although he has had the 13 jersey for a little while now. Um, <clears throat> Jared Wallace, hopefully, back to his scoring ways after a head knock last start. Um, Ryan James is sort of starting to come good. Jared Hayne, probably the the biggest talking point out of all that, scored two tries at centre last start. So those of us who either kept him or re-bought him or are thinking of rebuying him, his uh, his form's pretty encouraging. Yeah, I think the fact that Hayne's in the centres again this week is probably the yeah the biggest talking point. Yeah. Is that his new... Is he a centre now? Um, I mean, it worked really well for the Titans yeah. last round, albeit against Newcastle, where they had... Uh, they managed to get Roberts, uh, LG, Ash Taylor all on the field at once. Yeah. And Pete's, obviously. And yeah. Pete's at hooker. So mo- moving uh, Hayne to centre, which isn't his ideal position. No, we talked like, about it last yeah, week as well. That he's been brilliant there for Australia in the past. Exactly. He, he, he said after that last game, it's only a temporary thing. So he doesn't yeah. plan on staying there. But Jared, it's, so that's it's, not, it's not his call. Like, it's, not, it's not about Jared. It's about yeah. what's best for the team. Having said that, that he sort of forgot, and we talked about it last week, they sort of struggled to get Jared Hayne into the game. His two yeah. tries came off. 
there was a penalty 11 metres out from the line. He took a quick tap and barged over, which was great for his fantasy scores. And then his second try, he moved across the right-hand side on a set move and forced his way in. But other than that, they didn't really yeah. find ways to get him think, involved. Though, if he's going to stay there, they will work on that. They will mm-hmm. work on getting him the ball more often. You know, he's the superstar. He's yeah. on big money. They're not going to waste him if they if they can afford it. And the good news is that when they weren't getting him the ball, he went and found the ball. Yeah. So that's they probably aren't going to stop him doing and that. And if anything, future. playing at centre probably helps his origin prospects. That's where he would yeah. play if he gets picked. You'd think so. Um, and Laurie's called him and said, give me a reason to pick you. So that's pretty yeah. good if you've got him in fantasy because you know Jared's going to want to be in that big stage environment. Yeah. So um, those two tries would the week after Laurie Daly had rung him personally. So you think that he might be in for a few more big games. Yeah, and the other thing for fantasy is this will be his second game at centre, presuming he plays there. Um, once he plays four games, he'll become a dual position player yeah. in fantasy, which would be you know handy to have. Okay, and that's obviously part of a double header at Suncorp with Manly taking their game against the Broncos to Suncorp. Uh, Manly unchanged after their big win. Uh, Broncos have a few changes, obviously, with James Roberts suffering that ankle injury. Yeah, I assume uh, the last podcast when I wasn't here, we delved into my decision. You didn't listen? To serve. <laughs> yeah, I'm you, pretending. You've got to mention. Um, yeah, selling Dylan Walker for Joey Leilua, which was obviously a masterstroke. Only cost me 80 points last week and 40 the, the week before. <laughs> Thanks for that, Dylan Walker. Um, but yeah, he's in rip-roaring form. Um, deep regrets. Many, many regrets. Um, not much else really of news for, for Manly at the moment. Yeah. Daly Cherry Evans not pumping out great scores despite playing... Very well. Frank Winnerstein, I think, is now a sell. Um, Jake Travojevic scores inflated by tries. I don't know if I'd be rushing into him at the moment. Yeah, Winnerstein had a really low score last round. I think his break even still mid-30s, which is possible for him to hit. He had a few 50s, I think, before that. So a lot of people will look to sell him this week. It's not mega urgent, but, you know, if you can find a good alternative. Yeah, just everything went right in that game against um, Souths at Allianz. They just couldn't get, didn't, well, didn't get the ball left at all, so it meant that, that Winnerstein and Brian Kelly were very quiet. All right, Knights v. The Raiders. Uh, the big news here is if you're a Luke Yates owner or looking to get a cash cow, he's been named to start at lock. Um, Dom, you're probably the best place to talk about it. Obviously, they've got Stone as well, and there's a two-and-fro. Do you go Yates? Do you go Stone? The Knights seem to rotate that forward position around, and even when Yates has been named to start, he's been shifted to the bench exactly. an hour before kickoff as yeah. well. So that happened last round, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yates had the number 13 and then came off the bench anyway. So... Uh, yeah, for that reason, I wouldn't be buying him. Good news if you've got him already. Um, Stone, we talked about last week. He's been really good in the last couple of weeks. Got a couple of 50s, but he's at that price, about 280000 mm. um, That's a bit beyond what you want in a cash cow. He's probably not going to... Well, he's not going to be a keeper when... Long term. Yeah, when Buren and Bunnett come back. So, yeah, maybe a mid-range cash cow, but otherwise uh, just... Yeah, maybe a mid-range cash cow last week. I don't think it... Yeah. 80-odd, I'll be buying him now. We've seen Nathan Brown very happy to shuffle his forwards around, particularly the rookies, give them a week off, exactly. back to the bench, try and manage their, their minutes. Um, so they're not going to be just coming in and playing 60 minutes every week or 80 minutes or whatever. So these Yates and Stone, I think either of them hold if you've got them, but I wouldn't be buying either. And the big news for Canberra has sort of been forgotten about because so much has happened in the last couple of weeks, but Joshua Parley has been stood down. Uh, he's been killing it in fantasy, averaging 58. Yeah. Uh, he's 523,000, made 103,000 already. Uh, so Soliola comes into the starting side uh, with Papali missing. Yeah, so Papali's only out one week, so he's a hold. Yep. Um, what else is 
you there. Hoping for Lee Lewis to start scoring some more points. And, it, and look, and he should this week, you would yeah. think, against the Knights. Although the Knights are kind of Canberra's bogey team almost in the last couple of years, but yeah, true. But still, I don't know if Leilua against the Knights can't score more points than more than four. Well, I was going to say more than Dylan Walker, who I sold to get him in. I'm at risk of just deleting my team. But <laughs> yeah, it's hopefully uh, we see the the old Leilua and not the the bad Leilua. All right, in the final game of the round, Roosters v Eels. Latrell Mitchell is back in the side. Uh, obviously, Sean Kenny Dow is out indefinitely. Uh, if you've got him, he's a definite sell. And we ragged on Mitch Orbison after he got moved around last week, but he's back in the starting side ahead of Aiden Guerra. So I'd still uh, go by the Mitch Orbison rule, even though he had a pretty consistent start to the year, um, especially now that we've seen, you know, Takiyahu's come back, taking a lot of minutes in the middle, um, Guerra and him and Orbison back and forth between starting and the bench. I don't think you want Mitch Orbison in your team moving forward. Um, Latrell's back, but he was probably already a sell, so I don't think too many people still have him. Um, Joey Manu came off one good score after a whole bunch of sort of low 20 scores. I don't really see the appeal there, but a lot of people are sort of going after Joey Manu at the moment. Yeah, I agree with all that. Fun questions from the hashtag, yeah. All right, let's get into the... The fantasy questions now, and you can get involved using the hashtag NRL Fantasy. Uh, very imaginative hashtag, but it does the job. Uh, we've got two questions here, very similar, and we touched on it at the top of the show. At Mikey3371 and Kiri2Nation, who tweets in every week. We appreciate that. Uh, what do we do with Ponga? Is his time as a cash cow up? Is it t- time to trade him out? And I guess, as we mentioned at the top, it depends on your team and what's more urgent because you can probably afford to keep Ponga for at least a week if you've got crisis elsewhere in your squad. But if you've got the time to trade him now, it's probably not the worst move. Yeah, not urgent at all to trade. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Lachlan Coote's calf injury plays up again mm. at some point this season. So, yeah, you know, if you need a, if you need a scorer at the back, then trade. But otherwise, hold, I reckon. Yep. All right, D. Sorich, Hotmail1, uh, wants to know... He wants to upgrade Simpson to Gallon, but isn't sure if Gallon's going to do a DCE backflip on his non-origin duties. CK, you'll be in camp, I presume, uh, later in the next couple of weeks. What are your thoughts? Gallon was very good again in City. He hasn't slowed down one bit. And with Woods out, is there a chance that he gets an SOS from Daly? Yeah, I asked him um, at the City Country launch about all this and he said part of the reason that he thinks he's going so well is not having to worry about Origin and all the promotion and everything else that goes along with it. Um, It came up again in the post-match press conference. Freddie made a joke about how um, Gallon should play Origin and Gallon just laughed it off. Um, I really don't think he'll play unless there's more injuries uh, in the senior sort of forward ranks and and the SOS has to go out. Um, There's just so many good middle forwards and edge forwards at the moment for New South Wales. I don't think Laurie Daly's getting desperate. He's already in a situation where he's going to be leaving out really good forwards, um, even with the, the Woods injury and Gallon's retirement. So I don't think Gallon's probably going to play Origin. Obviously, wouldn't rule it out. Um, I think he's probably a good option for fantasy teams, and I wouldn't be scared to upgrade into Paul Gallon at the moment. All right, Carlo Labs has two questions for us. Uh, trade Frank Wittesign and get Bodine Thompson and trade Cody Walker for Munster or Tom Trebojevic. Now, we, we seem to talk about Bodine every week. Uh, what, what are your thoughts there, Dom? Yeah, so his scores haven't really taken off as much as um, I think we would have hoped mm-hmm. in the last few rounds. So he's had two 50s, I believe. He had a 
one which is all base stats, 50 tackles in round four, and then a 59, including two tries in round six. But that's it this season. So he's had a couple of 40s since then and a 29. He's had a few injuries and a few concussions and a few things like that that have really affected his scores. When he's looked like he's been on for a 50 and back to his, you know, high-scoring ways, there's always been something. He just hasn't clicked into gear for whatever reason. Bearing in mind, he averaged in the mid-50s last year. He doesn't really look like that kind of player Mm. this year at this stage for whatever reason. Yeah, I would... I'm still very much looking at him. I don't know if I'd rush him in this week. His score two weeks ago affected by moving to the centres for Solomon Carter. Um, Still managing that Achilles injury. Can rack up the base stats in a big way when he plays 80. I just want to see him do it once or twice more before I rush him into my team. But um, I think I'm going to sell Frank Middestein this week. I'm just not not sure who for. And the second question you brought up was about trading out Cody Walker, which I definitely wouldn't do if you're no. playing for overall points. I'm probably looking at bringing him in in yep. a couple of weeks. His, his price is falling, but um, you know he's a great attacking player and can lay on the assists on any given week. So um, yeah, definitely hold for overall. If you're playing head to head, then you could maybe sell, but it's I don't think it's an urgent thing. Yeah, he's not um, a base stats machine. He's a guy who does rely on a lot of attacking stats, and Souths are in a bit of a slump. But given his buy coverage, if you're an overall coach, I'd definitely hold and, like you said, almost look at buying. Maybe, like you said, head to head coach could justify selling, but otherwise, no way. All right, Jordan Stubbins wants to know, is it time to get rid of Nathan Cleary and upgrade to Sean Johnson? Obviously, the Panthers have been struggling and that's been reflected in Cleary's mm. scores. Uh, the Panthers have got to good, come good at some stage and you think his scores will go up, but Sean Johnson has been killing it, yeah. win, lose or draw Johnson's at the moment. Johnson's been awesome. He's, what's he's averaging, 58 or something? Yeah. And really consistent. I think he's only had one score below 50 this year, um, which is... You know, compared to what he was a few years ago where he was the least consistent half in fantasy, he's, mm. he's been terrific. Um, kick goal, kick metres, you know, great ball runner. Um, so obviously he's a great guy to buy. Cleary, I still think... It depends what you think the Panthers are going to do. So last year, Panthers were... What, they finished fifth, I think. They're one of the best teams in the league. Got a lot mm. of wins. Cleary was great, averaged 52 or 53. This year they've been really ordinary, so he hasn't had barely any attacking stats the last few weeks, hasn't been able to kick as many goals because they're not scoring tries. So you would, you would think that would improve. Yeah, with know. Bryce Cartwright coming back as 5'8 as well, yeah. and it looks a little bit that that's how it's going to stay for the um, for the time being, I think that'll probably help Cleary as yeah. well. He then becomes the sole dominant half, the, the kicker, um, and probably once Cardi sort of gets his mojo back, you would think um, might help Penrith sort of on the attacking front, which might help Cleary yeah. as well. It's just not clicking. Like, he, he does try to take the line on. He, he runs yeah. the ball, but it just hasn't... It just tends to just get wrapped up straight away. So... You know, if he gets a few tackle breaks, he has a try assist, he could hit a 50 easily, so I'd hold. All right, Lachlan Hancock wants to know, turn CHN and Braley into McCulloch or wait a week? I mean, people are looking at Braley. He scored 50 last time out. Uh, still has a bit of money to make, but obviously McCulloch looks like the, the better long-term option. Well, kind of. I actually don't like McCulloch as an option now because... Yeah. So there's talk that Ben Hunt could be back sooner than expected. Um, He's back at training this week, I think. Training already, yeah. yeah. Yep. And what's kind of been missed, because McCulloch's been awesome, obviously, this season, is that um, before Hunt got injured, the plan was, well, Nicarima was in the team on the bench. So the plan theoretically was Nicarima to play dummy half, give mm. McCulloch a spell at the end of games. Um, that was the setup, if not last year, the year before, and McCulloch averaged around high 40s because he'd only play 60 minutes a game or 
65. So that could easily happen again. You could be buying McCulloch at absolute top price and yeah. not get the scores he's been scoring this year. So I'd be a bit wary about that. Well, I mean, that's, yeah, he's going to be cheaper at some point. He can't get more expensive, but he can get a lot cheaper. Yeah. I would definitely want to see what it's going to look like with all three of those guys yep. in the team at the same time before jumping on McCulloch, and we're probably going to find that out inside the next month. And the two guys he was looking to sell, I think, are both, both still holes. going up in price, so yep. no rush. And the final question from Rami H28. Uh, Vaughan losing minutes. Should I keep the faith or trade him out to Graham for feeder or Wallace? He's not losing minutes, so keep him. Yeah, that was a that was a concussion. He had a and, head knock last yeah. week. Otherwise, his minutes have been very consistent. So he's not losing minutes, and I'd, I'm going to hold him. You, you love Vaughan, don't you? I do love Vaughan. <laughs> don't, don't you go after my boy Vaughan. No, but seriously, he's played between 44 and 57 minutes. Every he's been very game, consistent all year. Other than last week when he had the head knocks. So. Yeah, I think Graham and Fafita and who else did you mention are probably better, but you can afford to bring them in yeah. other ways. Well, know. Graham will be cheaper in a few weeks because of that um, concussion yeah, exactly. last week as well. And do we think that with the Dragons missing Widdett, missing Dugan, that their forwards are really, like if anything, are going to have to step up and play even more through the middle and probably get more defence? Uh, I mean, it's yeah, so hard defense. It's so hard mm. to say, but you think the Dragons are going to struggle without Widdett and Dugan there? Well, Vaughan benefits from the Dragons having the ball because his main form of scoring is his run meters and a few tackle busts and the odd line yeah. break whereas someone like DeBellin maybe is, is good in both I think Vaughan's probably more he does rack up the tackles quickly in defense but I think his big scores have come when the Dragons have been on the attack and that could mean even if he struggles in the short term with no Widdop and no Dugan when those guys come back his big scores might come back as well so yeah Another reason to hold. That's pretty much the end of the show, boys. What trades are you looking at after all that? Are you any closer to knowing what trades you're going to do this <laughs> week? And is there anything else you want to bring up? Are you looking at the Origin buyers uh, coming up? Obviously, they're coming around real quickly now. So you're almost starting, we're pretty much all playing for overall. So you're starting to look at those Rabbitohs plays in particular. Yeah, so trade-wise, I'm not sure yet. have to look at something, uh, an alternative to Idris. Um, buyers, yeah. So Eels and Rabbitohs, as we've said, are the top teams um, to keep an eye on um, and then a few other teams play in the first two buy rounds um, yeah so it's, it's not a yeah now's probably the time to start planning if you're deciding between two players and one's got a better buy schedule yeah that's a big mm. factor I've said publicly a few times that I build my team around head-to-head because I've been added to so many head-to-head leagues. Sure. Um, so I don't feel like you can really try and have a, a bet each way. I think you kind of got to go hard for, for one or the other. So I've decided that my team's going to be a head-to-head team. Um, and that's the only reason that I'm not trying to find a way to rush Nathan Brown into my side because I really like what he's doing at lock for the Eels. I think he's an absolute, like almost a must-have if you're an overall coach looking at buy-round coverage. Um, and that's the only reason I'm not targeting him because he's going to miss two important head-to-head weeks. Um, I do want to sell Frank Winterstein before he starts shedding cash. Um, I'm not quite sure who my back row targets are other than Bodine Thompson at this point. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say on uh, the buys is that keep in mind you've got three trades on the big major buy round. So for round 12, you get to make three trades. So um, if you can hold off until round 12 when we'll know the origin teams, it's probably a good idea to do that. And for guys like Cody Walker who are dropping in price, probably leave that as long as possible and definitely don't trade out origin players i think until you get to round 12 yeah all right that's full time on the episode of the nrl fantasy podcast you can get us on twitter at andrew brown 321 at dom underscore brock and at c kennedy 80 get us with the hashtag nrl fantasy but enjoy your footy there's plenty of blockbusters coming up for your chance at three hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash and prizes 
head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com Fantasy Podcast.